Hey, what's up, everyone? We're back. You betcha. Because we're the prodigals. The prodigals. Nice. Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on a pulpit or talked about during Bible studies, and that is why we're here for you. My name is Mark, and I'm joined by Billy. Billy, I'm here. Our uh, Michael Jordan, our franchise player, is not here. He is not doing <laughs> well. <laughs> Alan is uh, not feeling well. He's um, on the injury list. So, uh, we have two people to field the minimum, <laughs> the minimum, <laughs> the minimum amount, we have the minimum legal amount for a podcast. Um, yeah, we'll see two Enneagram nines. Oh my gosh, who's gonna talk? Podcast, who's gonna talk? We'll see even? how this, <laughs> see how this, this discussion goes. Oh, it'll be fine, that'd be great. All right, so. What's up, Billy? How you doing? <sighs> Nothing much. Just enjoying my final week off from work. Ooh, oh yeah, you gotta. Our uh, listeners my, uh, didn't know. I was, Why did you have uh, a one injured. month off? I was out injured. I had surgery done, so I was off for uh, one month. But this is my last week of having my one month off, so. Uh, we're here recording, so that's why I've been so active recently in the pa- past podcast because I've been available. <laughs> you've, been, you've been awake. I've been awake. You haven't been exhausted by the healthcare system mm. overload. That's <laughs> good life. Praise Thanks, the Lord. Steve. When do you go back? Uh, next week. Literally a week from now, like seven days oh. left. Like I'm counting down the days now. Sadness. So sad. But I'm glad to get back to work, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's like it's like when I'm when I'm called off work for maybe a week or two when I was new at my job, because there was no work, they would send mm-hmm. me home. Oh yeah, I remember. I'd be like, Oh, I wanna work. But <laughs> when I'm working regularly, it's like, oh I wanna, uh, I wanna go home. <laughs> Classic. Oh, I get time off. The dilemma of life. Yeah. But we're well, here. How's your how's your uh hernia? My hernia. Up? Hernia re- healing very well. I was planning to start to go running, but I've just been Ooh. so lazy. <laughs> Cause I can't work out. I can't do because yeah. I only work out at home. I do like I can only do like push ups and pull ups and whatnot. But I can't even do that because I can't lift anything over 25 pounds for like, for well, for the past three weeks I couldn't. And yeah. for one more week, I still What's can't. What's your, you have a timeline for that? No, they said, that my doc said after a month, like you can go back to regular life. Like you can go back to your regular duties at work, probably lifting the same and everything like that. So. All right. I trust my doctors. I'm pretty after sure. After a month. So. Everything will be okay. When you get back, you can. You'll be okay. Exactly. So good. Nice. nice. Anyways, um, we're glad you're healing, and we're glad that you've been off, and that you've been so active. 
<laughs> have I been so? I've, I haven't been active physically, but I've been active in the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. so this week, we are going to answer the question of the week. So once again, once a month, we will attempt to answer one question. It could be from you guys, the listeners, or it could be from one of us wanting to challenge each other with a question. So who knows what we'll have each month. You'll have, you'll just have to tune in. Dun dun dun. <laughs> keep them uh, keep them on the edge of their seats. Exactly. So, are you ready for the question? Dun dun dun. Our question this month: What is something that the church didn't teach you that you have found useful in your faith? For me, um, one of the things I started getting into is I started listening to a bunch of podcasts. Uh, and with all these different podcasts, like I always came up with something di- new, like a Christian podcast. Either they were like podcasts who were like very, very left uh, in the sense that they were very liberal, very progressive, very mythical in their uh, teaching and speaking. And then I would also listen to like some very conservative uh, Christian podcasts. They were just all about like straight up theology and mostly Calvinist people speaking about like theology <laughs> things. And I'm like, wow, yeah. this is really intense. And I just loved being on the balance in between those two. Okay. That's, that's what, so that's, so that's why I learned most of the stuff that I didn't learn in church. Cause mostly from podcasting, which has been so great. Cause it's been great to be able to talk about uh, what I've learned and talk about these things on our podcast. And I think I find myself in the happy middle of between a leftist and a rightist, a liberal and a conservative. I feel I'm right in between. I'm right in between. All right. <laughs> Maybe that's the nine in me. Like I can't make a decision. <laughs> I can't make a decision. I have to hear both sides. I have to hear what everyone has to say for themselves. I'm like, okay. It's not about making decision. As long as I have no everything from around me, that's all that matters, right? I think a lot of for podcasting, it just has given me taught me a lot of different things about how people practice the Christian faith because the Christian faith, I thought it was just like regular people going to church and that's all that like the Christian faith was. And I thought everyone had pretty, what's the word? Basic beliefs, I guess. Does that make sense? Basic beliefs. Like I really thought everyone like there's Christians were all the, we're all like that. But with all these different podcasts and everyone has a voice now, you get to hear so many different stories and different views on the how vast Christianity is. And I think hearing all these different perspectives has really challenged my faith to to where I am now where I like to hold things with an open hand. Yeah. In terms that I don't want to hold on to a faith and hold on to it that it'll make me um make me go against someone else does that make sense yeah 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 yeah. like i don't want to have a strict belief on oh you have to do this to therefore yeah. to be yeah, a christian you don't to wanna... say that you're a christian right yeah because a lot of the times it's so divisive. some people's beliefs are very very divisive and very very splitting and it can just cause cause division and i think being able to hear all these different perspectives and getting understanding from where everyone is 
I don't know. It just keeps me woke. It keeps me humble, to be honest with you. It makes me yeah. realize that I don't know everything, which is really great, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great that you have... Um, you've, you've decided to just put yourself out there in terms of hearing from other people's perspectives so that you just... Mm. You just you don't just pick and choose. I mean, you do pick and choose what podcast you listen to. Of course, but yeah. in terms of where people are leaning, you don't really. You know, you you still are able to listen to both sides or like multiple yeah. sides, and yeah, and that's a great thing to learn in church because, yeah, like growing up, you know, the church that we grew up in, we grew up in the same church, and it's pretty much like. You get one perspective, and yeah, we are the true church. We oh my are goodness. the only ones that are going to be saved or whatever. Um, we are true Christians. Other churches, you shouldn't hang out with other, you know, th- the people from other churches yeah. because they're going to influence you. But it's oh it, my gosh, yeah. So, so true. like, yeah, so it's true that the church doesn't teach you the importance of having or listening to different perspectives and different leanings and yeah it's really important that you have that yeah i think it's really important just to be aware of that because in a church you don't really again yeah like you're raised up in that one person one specific perspective that one specific set of theology and it's yeah especially in the church we grew up in it was very if you don't believe in this like everyone against you is an enemy even yeah. people who, even other Christians, like I would look at other Christians growing up. I'm like, oh yeah, you're like not even a real Christian. And like, isn't how, isn't that's so dangerous and that's yeah, so exactly. unhealthy to yeah. think of, to see like other brothers and sisters in Christ, seeing them as like an enemy or, um, like they're not they like they're what they believe in is like totally false. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm really glad that we're able to grow out of that and we can grow our faith so much more uh, from outside of the church. But it's, I don't know. I just really wish the church, I don't know. Can can a church even be like that? Be have like a very open handed faith essentially, or have an open perspective in hearing other ways of seeing and believing things. Cause like, you don't want to like, dabble in and go all the way down to heresy right and yeah where it's totally yeah. transformed to something different uh i mean yeah i'm pretty sure there's a way and there's a line that sure. churches can draw in which yeah yeah. Like, yeah you can listen and you can um listen to different perspectives um expose yourselves to different thinking uh but at the same time like make sure Make sure the basis of your doctrine or the basis of your basis of your belief will still be from the Bible. Mm, true. Right? Yeah. Because there are there are definitely doctrines that have come out that although the scriptures are used uh, for as the basis for the th- the things that people teach, mm-hmm. um, those verses are kind of like manipulated in a way that don't fit the whole story of the scriptures. You know what mm, I mean? True. So um, it has to be still be from the scriptures. And at the same time, the way that the verses you use still fit the whole entirety of the Bible. 
Mm, true. I was literally just, I think there's a new Netflix series out and it was called Murder, Murder, what's it called? Murder from, no, oh, shoot. Murder in the Mormon? No, Murder from the Mormons. Oh, and it just really? Ah, oh, shoot. I forgot. To, well, basically, what it reminded me of, I'm like, wow, can you believe Joseph Smith? Can you believe people? Like, again, like people, it's like they're Christian, but they're basing their, their beliefs come from an ex- another external source, which is the Book of Mormon. And that's where things can get a bit dicey and spicy. Yeah. And things can, yeah, that's when you can misinterpret and take the Bible out of its own context because you have this whole total set of different things where it's like interpreting it differently, I guess. Yeah, it's funny because I was, uh, when I was in the Philippines, I was having like an argument about music with a classmate of mine. Mm-hmm. And then basically I, my what I said was that the Bible doesn't teach anything against you know, drums or contemporary yeah. music or, or whatever. And then... He's like, oh, yeah, it does. And then I was like, what, where? And then he showed me from another source outside of the Bible. And I was like, bro, that's not scripture. bro." And then he's like, no, the definition of scripture is spiritual or religious writing. (laughs) Wow. I was like, oh, okay, well, the Bible, I guess. (laughs) That's not from the Bible. I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to reel specify Bible oh within the 60, 66 books of the can- canonical Bible. Oh my Where gosh. do you find that? Uh, anyways, yeah, it's just so funny <laughs> how people try to insert, you know, other things as part of you know, other sources as part of the scriptures or canonical or um, as binding to us christians mm. when really it's only you know martin luther sola scriptura yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah scripture sola alone scripture, so. so good and i think that's what's been really helpful and i guess like when we're looking at different things that have like grown us in our faith from outside the church like basing out basing thing everything off of the scriptures um, yeah to specify the bible <laughs> in terms of what, what you're like <laughs> what you're <laughs> We're specifying the Bible here. In, yeah, exactly. It's in curating what you're listening. Like I can, I love listening to really crazy progressive Christian podcasts because I find it so interesting. But again, like you be, you need to have yourself grounded in scripture. So you're able to curate what you're listening to. Cause like, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like passively listening. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. This is all good. Da, 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 da. Even with yeah. like, even with conservative, like script, like podcasts, although it's like really confusing sometimes and like theology and, and yeah. When they get down into those When get uh, down and dirty, I'm like, why? Yeah. Like why? Yeah. But pedagogical, theological, <laughs> sanctification, oh justification, glorification. Oh, I love all that stuff. Like I love all that stuff. But sometimes like we just like you just get you can get lost in all of that stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, you can. But yeah, it's really great uh to have to expose yourself to different opinions, not yeah. because you want to be swayed or you're going to be swayed. It's just you take the good things from the bad, right? Like whatever things that you can take and make it work for your faith. And at the same time, um, still be within the bounds of scriptural living. Mm. That's what's important. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> what about you? Okay. So what, 
the church didn't teach me, but I have found useful in my faith journey is that everyone needs therapy. Oh, everyone needs some sort of counseling and really therapy or counseling. is kind of a taboo subject. Yeah. Because no one in Christianity, uh, it's kind of like, oh, you're seeing a therapist. Uh, Is there something wrong with you (laughs) or where's your faith in God? Yeah. Where's your faith in God? Like only God can hear you. You just need to pray. You just need to pray. <laughs> need oh my God. Pray, pray the depression away. Yeah. Oh, but the thing is, um, therapy, going to therapy doesn't make you less of a human. doesn't make mm. you less of a person. It uh, doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It's just that the reality is that like we're all broken, right? Mm-hmm. We're all the state of this world in terms of the presence of sin, the presence of brokenness um, will lead into just issues that we have in our minds and in our Mm. hearts and in our souls. Um, Sometimes like those things are avoided Mm. even uh, subconsciously. We try to avoid them or we try to ignore them or sometimes you don't even know that they're there, right? We don't Mm -hmm. even know that there are unaddressed traumas within our being that needs addressing that uh, those things, those unaddressed traumas are actually affecting our relationships. And that's why sometimes, you know, we, we have so many problems within our relationships and, and, and no matter who your partner is and no matter how many, times you've dated around or how many partners you've been with it's just those things keep happening and happening the issues keep uh going up to the surface and bubbling Mm. up to the surface because you have unaddressed issues that you need to deal with as a person before committing to someone in a really long-term relationship right or it can be just like with friends it can affect yeah. all your relationships with your parents and anything, coworkers, boss, mm-hmm. managers. Um, it's just that we all have something within us that is hindering us from fully functioning w- to our fullest potential. You know? Fullest um, potential. And that's what I learned. I learned that mm-hmm. counseling helps you. And those uh, counselors, they, they're trained enough to pinpoint and really discover who you are and what you've gone through with the questions that they ask and the methods that they use. Mm-hmm. And sooner down the line, if you're willing to be honest and if you're willing to be, um, you're willing to work with that me- medical professional, then so- yeah, sooner or later, you'll be able to learn what it is really that you're facing mm-hmm. and what you've been going through um, without even you knowing. And from there, you can work with a, an action plan to try to get over that hump, try to get over that obstacle. And mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone needs therapy. It's good for the soul. It's, it's really fulfilling. Um, we just need someone to talk to that's, judgment free um mm. 
safe circle um because sometimes you know christian in a christian setting we don't really voice everything we're we're, we're hindered yeah with we're hindered from being totally honest because we're scared that whatever is said whatever we say will be used against us um miranda writes <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or like we don't want people to know what we're what's going on with us yeah but for sure with a counselor there's like this the space that they're on your side um mm. mentality that they're there to help you and um, none of those things that you talk about will ever get out to the public and it's good good for the soul it doesn't mean that you're bad or you're you're less of a person it just means that you you're tr- you're seeking help from someone to to hopefully be at a place where you're functioning in in your fullest potential. So, I guess like I'm all for counseling, but what do you say to other Christians who say or who could possibly say like just trust in God? Like in terms of I guess your character or your relationships, like say like your marriage is going out of control. You don't want you to like just 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 pray. Like, what do you say to people? Like, just pray, trust in God, and then that's that. Like, that's that's the action plan they give up to you. Like, what, what do you say to those people? What what do I? What do you say to those people? I say to people. Well, I could just ask them. Who's to say that that medical professional or the counselor is not someone that God can use? Mm. Or like, who's to say that that person isn't used by God? Like that person can be a tool that God is sending you mm-hmm. um, so that you can be helped. I think it's like, it kind of goes, it kind of goes to, you can compare it to, I guess like people who have like physical illnesses and I guess you can compare it to that because I think in this day and age now, like there's so like the, the, the awareness of mental health is so much more stronger and I think we need to start viewing like counselors, psychologists, uh, all those people, and those professionals, as the same levels as doctors and nurses that can give yeah. you that same type of care in terms of aiding to your mental well-being. It's like you know, it's like having your. I feel like like for people who say they don't need counseling, that how everyone needs counseling, everyone needs a family doctor, everyone needs a yearly checkup. It's yeah. the same yeah. same type of thing because there could be something underlying, something deep that we don't even know was a problem. Whereas a professional can see and point out like, oh, no, there's actually a problem here. Yeah, exactly. And they don't teach you that at church. They just they just teach you, oh, have have faith in God or. You're not depressed. You're just a little sad. Oh, <laughs> poor baby. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, for me, you don't even need to have necessarily mental health issues or mental health problems for you to seek out a therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, everyone is going through something, whether they know it or not. Oof. So trippy. Yeah. I could be going through something right now. I don't even know it. I'm convicted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we, we're talking about uh, we as Enneagram Nines. It's like that's that's definitely something that we're going through each and every day. Like why? Like one of the things that we go what, that we should try to fight against is that the thought that we don't matter 
or like our opinions don't matter. And sometimes that's Classic. why we that's why we shrink like in group in group settings or mm-hmm. with friends. We tend to shy away from voicing our opinions or because deep inside we think that we don't matter. Like our opinions mm-hmm. don't matter. Yeah. So it's like, like, who cares? Yeah. What, what pizza do you want? It's like, I don't know anything. Okay. What do you want? I, I'll eat whatever you want. When oh, deep wow. inside we want, I want no, some pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Pineapple, How dare you pineapple? belongs on pizza. Uh, I think, yeah. I think I'm, uh, I'm being persuaded. I've had, I had it once. I'm like, wow, pineapple pizza. It could be something. <laughs> it is something, man. <laughs> Maybe it's the pizza. It's the pizza purist in me that I'm like, no, I just so. like stick to your regular toppings and leave it at that. But pineapple, I don't know. I'm change. I'm, Christ is more. Yo, the Holy Spirit's moving in me, man. <laughs> He's working. He's moving. Yeah. Another thing that really have helped me in my faith has been, uh, like meditation specifically, like centering prayer. <gasps> that. There's definitely something that they don't <laughs> teach in church. Exactly. Because meditation is of the devil. <laughs> I'm joking. But apparently, I remember I remembered our yeah, I remember our episode on that. Oh man, like I think med- meditation is one of the I think as a nine, as a person who doesn't reflect on themselves or reflect on my own thoughts or any, or literally anything in life. I was literally talking to Isabel, my wife. And how I'm like, do I even have thoughts? <laughs> because, <laughs> because I literally every waking second of my life that I can think about it, I always have something. I'm always consuming something. I'm always either watching YouTube, watching a movie, watching TV shows, listening I'm to not doing that, listening to podcasts, listening to music. I'm always consuming something. So like, reading. I just reading. Like I'm never with my own thoughts. Whereas with uh, meditation. Which, which is actually pretty crazy how, like, meditation has a strong history in the Christian church, like, in, in the past. So I was like, oh, what the heck? How come we're not learning? This literally has been in the church. So what's happening here, guys? Yeah, um, monasteries uh, were built on, like, just centering centering yourself and being away from the world. And f- monasteries actually focus on meditation. So what's happening here, guys? What's up? Why is why meditation so bad? So um, it really hit me because, ooh, because that's from this, one of the podcasts I was listening to. It was a podcast from Science Mike in which I highly encourage people to read his book, God and the Waves. Um, it's pretty much his testimony, but also it's his kind of breakdown of how he marries the uh, whole idea of Christianity and science together. And I think it's a really beautiful thing because growing up in church, I don't think they, I don't think they voice it, but it, there's always like a underlying, like it's always like Christian, it's like Christian, Christianity versus science. And oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think when I read this book, it really helped me marry the two. And even with meditation in itself, there's so many like benefits that come along with doing meditation. But I think in the book, it, it showed it showed how in the book uh, they did like a brain scan of someone who is doing uh, centering prayer, doing meditation, 
and we're always looking for the in the book they're pretty much talking about they're always like people always trying to look to see if there's like a god part in people's brains like is there a specific part in where god is in our in our brains essentially and yeah. when people were meditating when they did a brain scan they didn't find a god section in the brain it was the whole brain lit up in terms of everything was being activated when you're when you're meditating i was oh, like wow what? that's that's freaking awesome how does that even a thing that's so cool and i don't know when i think about it it just goes to show how well for me it really showed me how god is literally in every part of our being and every part of our thoughts and every part of our lives and i thought i thought that was really beautiful but also with meditation it has given me a deeper connection with god himself and then has given me um more areas of trust in him where i don't think i've been able to do in regular prayer what i've been taught to bring up because a lot of times when we grow up in church it's a lot of um asking 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 talking 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 asking yeah. asking asking talking 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 when we're yeah. praying to god when do we ever have time in our prayer time to just sit down and listen to how god is speaking to us mm-hmm. and again talking about this before we were talking about this before like everything goes through scripture like i'm pretty sure god's not going to tell you to do something that is outside of what he said in the scripture outside <laughs> of whose character is again yeah. but i don't think meditation does that for for people i think for well for i know for me meditation has just brought me had a sense of closeness and experience of experiencing god and his love and his grace and his mercy in a closer setting than i've ever been than just through any other forms of worship or prayer that i've ever experienced so yeah meditations has been really really awesome and so sometimes i don't like talking about it because like when people hear meditation it's kind of like oh shoot that's Ooh, you're letting the devil in <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't make sense to me because because uh, i think when people say meditation people just think like oh, oh just like emptying emptying yourself and um let anything around you fill you up but with specifically centering prayer and this specific meditation we are i am actively seeking out like god and the holy spirit and interacting with that and not i'm not emptying myself i'm trying to fill myself up with the holy spirit here guys so <laughs> yeah exactly that's 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 been something that's really formative in my faith maybe because i'm a weirdo maybe i just love being a weirdo christian you know <laughs> something about being a weirdo christian no it's it's true it's like even meditation, like there's nothing wrong with saying you're empty, emptying your, emptying yourself, but the end goal is definitely to fill you up, like fill yourself up with the presence of God, fill yourself mm. up with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Definitely, you have to empty yourself because your mind is just so preoccupied of um, things. Um, it's you're absorbing so many things, and you're just so yeah. Your mind is just ongoing all the time. Right? Yeah, it's like, like nonstop. You're, thinking you're always work, thinking about something. You're, you're always about, thinking about something, right? Yeah, your your wife is mad at you. Uh, <laughs> what am I for my for my day to day? It's like, what am I gonna do today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, what show am, am I gonna watch? And like, oh, that episode was so good. Yeah, definitely, you need to empty yourself. It's just true. But it's in that emptying that you can let the Holy Spirit in. And mm. like thinking about it now, the most powerful times I've spent with God is not when I've spent it in prayer in terms of I'm the only one talking. Mm. The most 
powerful times I've had with God is when I just let God say, I said, like, God, speak to me. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit here and wait for you and wait for your um, the thought that you're going to put in my heart or the, mm. in my head and or the, the words you're going to sp- speak to me through the passage I'm about to read. Mm. So definitely meditation is good, man. Um, and it's not yeah. like as long as you dedicate it that hour with God and you ask him, like, God, remove any possibility of the devil, like, entering my mind. Mm-hmm. He can guard that and he can honor that and he will honor that. Like, you think he, he's just going to let the devil sabotage your time with him? No. Just because you say the word meditation and you're going to <laughs> meditate? <laughs> Oh man, that's so true. I'm again convicted. (laughs) So, we're gonna meditate after this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's so trippy. Oh, I I actually did that with Isabel once. We had our couples, our marriage devotional, and we just had a time of just like meditation, and and I let it out. I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. This is so fun. Definitely highly recommend meditating (laughs) with your spouse, meditating with your and your friends. Candlelight. Candlelight meditation. <laughs> Yo, that's intense. It's getting real. Alright. Um You know that game Never Have I Ever? It kind of feels like that. So uh, uh what is something that church didn't teach you? Never have I ever. Never have never I ever did I learn. Did I learned. Never, yeah, that's what it feels like. Never did I never learn. Did I learn and never did I learn in church. Second. For me, it would be the Enneagram. Ah, the Enneagram. Um, We kind of talk about it here and there in this podcast. Um, If if any of you are out there listening and you don't know what the Enneagram is, um, there are a lot of resources out there to to let you know what it's really about. Uh, We have a Mm -hmm. couple of episodes that we dedicated in talking about it, uh, just giving a brief overview of what it is, but... Uh, the Enneagram really, like the church didn't teach this because it's not really an obvious Christian topic to talk about. Uh, it's more of like a, a personality kind of test kind of thing. Uh, mm. But the Enneagram really helped me and not just in my everyday life with people, but also my spiritual life. Uh, briefly, what the Enneagram is, is just... Um, it's a typing system, personality, um, behavioral system um, that lets you know what type of person you are. And according to the Enneagram, there are nine types of people. And Billy and I are actually the best type. There's one to nine and we're at the top. And we're at the top. <laughs> number nine. We're, we're nine. So the Enne- what the Enneagram... Um, the strength of it is just it lets you know your basic desires and your basic fears mm-hmm. and everything that you do. Not everything, but like most of the things that you do, your behavior are affected or um, are related to those desires and those fears. And then there are other things that are related to our basic fears and desires that just like manifest in our behavior. Um and we talked about this earlier in this episode. Like the type nine is one of our struggles is that 
we think that our opinions don't matter. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's why do I, I even talk? But in reality, like when we are healthy and when we take action and just be in our optimized self and optimized. take the right action, our opinions can be strong and can be persuasive and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with voicing our opinions. Um, yeah, and also we're scared of making conflict. That's a, a big part of it. But I feel like that's the biggest part of it. <laughs> the biggest part of it is we don't voice our opinions because we're scared that it'll offend someone or it'll cause conflict. Uh, when that's not the case, right? Um, other types will just see it as our opinions. And yeah. We can just talk about it and we can just... You know. How do people do it, man? I, don't even I, don't know. Know. I can't even understand. But anyways, uh, the Enneagram has helped me because it it caused me to be aware of um, the things that I was not aware of before. Mm. When I first read it, like the description of my type, I was like, interesting. This is so accurate. And this is why this is the this the reason that you I don't voice my opinion or I'm hesitant in voicing my opinion is because type nines are scared that they'll make conflict because their basic fear is to for separation. And in our thinking, conflict mm-hmm. will lead to separation. And so and like there are there are other lot uh, lots of things that was said in that that has helped me deal with life and made me aware of the things that I'm doing and mm-hmm. made me aware that it's okay to voice my opinion. It's okay to um, get into healthy conflict. Not all not all conflict is bad. Um, and Are also, you sure? I'm joking. <laughs> also, it, it reading more on the Enneagram and not just on the type nines and all other types, like from one to nine, it has mm-hmm. helped me deal with other people and seeing where they're coming from and seeing where their fears affect their behaviors or their desires affect their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of, now I kind of tailor my interaction depending on if I know the person's type, like let's say he's a two um, or she's a two or the person is a two, then I tailor my words towards, okay, what, what are the things that are hurtful? type twos and then yeah. I try not to say it or mm-hmm. what are some words that I can encourage type threes um, with right so mm-hmm. uh, it's helped me in terms of my own personal life and my own personal growth and it has also helped me with my interactions and in my relationships uh, it definitely helped me with my relationship with my spouse and amen yeah so it's just like helps us communicate better and helps us to uh, just see each other's perspective. So, yeah, it's so yeah. true because again, with the Enneagram, I think that one of the important things is just understanding other people's types and understanding what could be triggering, what's encouraging to them, things like that. Because I think it's really helpful in, in following what Jesus commanded us to do in loving our neighbor because like what I could conceive and what I could think of like what does loving my neighbor what if it's actually not it's not being received in that way and that could be like a triggering or not a productive way to uh, help someone or love someone in a specific way like 
Um, yeah. Especially, yeah, in our marriage, in Isabel's and I, in I's marriage, like getting to know that what triggers her and how I can grow in loving her, and uh, and what she is receptive to. That's how that's helped me in. I think loving my neighbor, literally my neighbor is right here, isn't like, the person <laughs> I sleep beside. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and I think all even with the the basic fears, I really think those are just. Um, those are like, like the fleshy part of our human selves. Those are our natural inclinations into what, um, what temptation is for us, right? Our temp- yeah. the temptation for, and which are which can be definitely unhealthy. Like our temptation for us is to, oh, I'm just gonna be quiet. My t- temptation is, oh, I'm not gonna start a conflict. Temptation is, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. Whereas, like in whereas, helping me grow in being an optimal nine and an optimal human and being, I think, I think in being the most loving person is to really fight against that. And that that's how the Holy spirit is, is working in helping us understand where our weaknesses, where our fears are and where, um, where are the areas in our, in our character for us to grow. And that's what I think. Like, I really think like it's actually sanctification that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's been really helpful for me. A God man. You got any more? <laughs> I don't know how important this was, but um reading different Bible versions. <laughs> Ooh. You mean you read Bibles outside the KJV? The <laughs> Holy King James? How dare you? Oh my gosh. First you listen yeah. to other perspectives. And then you meditate. (laughs) (laughs) You you read other Bibles. I am okay. I guess I'm the hair. I'm the heretic (laughs) person now. To some people, hey man, you're literally a heretic to anyone. Somewhere in the world, we're heretics. Yo, what is this? What is our podcast? (laughs) What is happening here? Might as well be called. Are you guys even Christian? (laughs) What's up, everyone? We're back. We're, we're the heretics. heretics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey man, just straight up, KJV. It's hard. It's a hard version it's to read. It's really old hard. English. It's really old English. But what I've learned with, I think I've been like, to be honest, I've been like version hopping. It's been really great to be honest with you. It's great, yeah. Before I was like on ESV, so I feel like ESV is the most natural next version you go to from KJV. And then from there, I went to like NASB. NASB. Um, sometimes I dabble in the NLT. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm if I'm feeling a bit crazy, then you living. If I'm feeling a bit crazy, I go to the message. If I feel a bit crazy, <laughs> I go a bit crazy. And if I want to yeah. know more, I go to the Amplified. I think Ooh. the biggest thing is I think the biggest thing is and reading reading different Bible versions is just like it's just to helping you understand what you're reading. Cause like in the KJV, sometimes you don't even know what you're reading. Like, what am I reading sometimes? Yeah. And it's just helping. I think, I think that's just like a, a blessing that we've been able to have all these different people translating the Bible into different languages and also, and just like translating in ways that are understandable to people, which is really, really helpful. And like, it just it helped to me getting to the nitty, nitty, getting to the heart of the text rather than me having to figure out what is the text even saying in the first place. Mm. Mm, yeah. yeah 
And even yeah. I even dabble in the Greek and Hebrew sometimes, although I do not mm. go to seminary. I just sometimes I go I geek out and I go like, oh, what is this? What does this one word mean? Let's get to the heart of it. Uh, but <laughs> Bible uh, hub, baby. Yeah. But, no, seriously. But like, yeah, you don't learn this. Like, I well, I don't know what church you guys went to, but I definitely did not learn this in my church. So it's something new to me and has helped me in my faith for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes like you can get stuck in a certain translation and sometimes they'll be confusing. And when, yeah, and just going to another translation is a fresh set of words, fresh set of perspective that it, it can make it clearer. Right? Yeah, it can definitely make it clear. Like going from KJV to like just ESV, it's just like, oh, you're like, oh, so that's what the Bible was saying. And then if you're really confused, go to LLT. And if you're really, really confused, you go to the message. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, message, the message is so much fun. Can you imagine like starting a church and your main translation is the message? That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, that's Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, it's, I really want to do an episode on the King James Version too. Oh seriously? Because there's yeah. such a there's such an issue with that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, conservative Christians just want to just want you to read from the KJV because it's supposedly the holy translation or like oh, the original translation. Um, okay, if you want to go original, go to the original scripture then. Like, exactly. go read the that's Hebrew hardly the Greek. Case. Come yeah. on, guys. If you really want to, you know, be read unadulterated. Unadulterated translation. <laughs> go to the Greek and go to oh, the Hebrew. Uh, but yeah, what? I, I yeah, I really want to do a KJV episode and just like not tearing down the KJV. It's really helpful and it's really uh, it has yeah, played a sure. uh, major role in the world of Christianity and is part is part of reality of, in many people's faith. Uh, but that's not the only the translation. only. Um, yeah that's so true sometimes i cross-reference back to the kjv to see what the kjv says because sometimes the esv or sometimes another translation could be just as confusing and like i would just like hey let me just take the kjv out and i'm like oh the kjv made it so much clearer to what they were saying yeah i th- oh man i drank i definitely drank the kool-aid and i definitely i remember back in the day i was watching like youtube videos where they were breaking down why the kjv is um, the holiest and the best, and then they were like tearing down other translations. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. What if, what if I read the Bible and it's not true? Yeah. Hey, man. that's why we have the Holy Spirit, and that's why. Exactly. Oh man. We have other scriptures. Too. <laughs> we have other we have scriptures. Other, too. We have other sources. Um. Yeah, it's really. There's nothing to be shot. There's nothing to be afraid of when it comes to other translations. Um, and that's why I really want to talk about that particular topic, just to mm-hmm. highlight like misconceptions and yeah. just like um, perpetuating fake news out there. Oof. Oof. Um, that It's good wow. that you, you read different translations. It's, it's really helpful. Um, Man. I read different translations. I like ESV. I like NIV. Um, NASBA. NASB. NASBA is one of my Very top, solid. top favorites. Solid, solid translation. Yeah. 
You know, you, know a, you know what's a good one? Oh, it's the Common English Bible. It's so simple. <laughs> but it gets, I think, again, with like these translations, it gets to the heart of what the passage is saying. Yeah. yeah. And rather than getting lost in like, what's the word for word translation, right? Yeah. The literal translation. So, hey, man, don't knock until you try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the heart of the message that it's the yeah. key, right? As long That's as the, the translations get that, then. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, people aren't. Pe- oh, man. Like, I remember watching these YouTube videos, and it, made, and it really made it feel like someone was out to get the Bible. Like, someone was out to get you by giving you a really bad translation of the Bible. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. That people people's hearts intentions is to translate the Bible so you can be led astray. Yeah. I really, I really doubt it. I'm like, re- unless like you're a conspiracy theorist, but hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hey. there's this, okay, I'm just going to say, there's this one really bad misconception that the NIV deleted lots of words from the Bible or like from the original manuscript because you can't find it in the KJV. Yeah, that was definitely one of the videos I watched. And I'm like, wow, the NIV is the devil. <laughs> but here's the thing, KJV in the first place, added a lot of words that weren't in the original manuscripts. Ooh, and that you NIV, that scholars of ESV or NIV, like the words are not there, not because they deleted it from the original manuscript, but because those words aren't there to begin with. Ooh, you heard it here first. That's like the main That's scandalous. One of the main misconceptions with the KJV. I didn't even know that. What? Learning every yeah. day. And NIV, ESV, and all those other uh, translations have a more accurate set of manuscripts than what the KJV originally used. Anyways, we'll do a, Anyways. Whole, a whole episode on that. Hopefully. You're making it sound like the ESV is just like it's like the new Tesla coming out, you know, like the, <laughs> the newest model, the newest now, model of Bible versions. Now our Bibles have batteries. He's <laughs> <laughs> battery powered Bibles. Battery powered Bibles. All right. I like this podcast. It's uh, pretty much. It's not about what the church. What didn't the church teach you? It's the church. What? Let's tear down the church. Let's tear down the church. Um, Anything else scandalous to share? Third is uh, burnout. Burnout. The importance of knowing about burnout and um, just symptoms and um, watching out for Mm. if you're burnt out. Especially being a leader in the church, right? Yeah, being important. The importance of taking a break, stepping back for a while to uh, just rest and take care of yourself. And Mm -hmm. I did, it's never talked about in church, to be honest. And I did not Mm -hmm. learn that in church. I learned that from, you know, the secular world. Um, Secular world. And it's really important because when, when the church, especially our church, like the church that we grew up in, the organization that we came from, it's a highly volunteer-based system. 
Mm-hmm. So no one's getting paid except for the pastor. Yeah, no one's getting paid. All right. So not like some of you know the bigger evangelical churches. They have paid staff, paid musicians, and all that. <sighs> I wish our church was like that. There are churches out there that are strictly voluntary, right? And mm-hmm. um, the only one that gets paid is the pastor. And yeah. so what happens is that they. They people have jobs, maybe work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then on top of that, have ministries and departments that they're in charge of in church Mm -hmm. and are heavily are heavily involved in the programs and heavily involved in leadership. And what tends to happen is burnout. It's really dangerous if you don't really know that you've burnt out and mm-hmm. um, you really don't know that you need a break. And, you know, I think we're designed as humans to have rest, right? Um, mm-hmm. Regular rest. And I believe that's why God instituted the Sabbath um, or the a day of rest it's because we're not designed to keep going mm-hmm. 24-7. 365 mm-hmm. uh we're designed to regularly have breaks and regularly take breaks so that we can take care of ourselves and we can replenish and we can focus on like having our relationship with god and it's it's really important that we take that time off and sometimes we need to you know, as hard as it is for some people, take a backseat in terms of if you're leading a department or if you're leading a ministry, you need to be aware of the signs or symptoms of burnout so that when these things are creeping out, creeping up into your system, then you can definitely take a, take a break, take a step step back from Mm. leadership. And sometimes and most of the time in churches, people just serve and serve and serve and serve mm-hmm. to the detriment of, you know, re- their relationships and their own mental health, their own emo- emotional health. So. Have you ever yeah. been burnt out before? I in believe to like leadership or. I believe so. Things? Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. Um, because I was part of youth leaderships. Um, with my church, uh, I was in, I was an elder and being, you know, going into, um, yeah, seven, I don't, is it called seminary, seminary? or just university, university. Um, and then you, you're asked to do this on top of your school load. You're asked to be a part of all these ministries and, mm-hmm. um, doing all those master guide. Come on. Uh, <laughs> you're you're asked to yeah do all these extra stuff on top of school on top of what you're trying to accomplish as a minister in the making mm-hmm. and minister I did, in the making I did I did burn out but once I was feeling that I was not shy in asking for a break because mm-hmm. I learned through. I learned through secular sources or you know, through my work that burnout is actually dangerous. Man, I just hate the idea of burnout. 
I think mm-hmm. people just need to learn how to say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Learn how to say no or learn how to like, how, I think it's like a humble, just a humbling thing to do. Just like to just like step down and be like, Hey, like I recognize that I can't do it all on my own. And mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. I think that's like the Christian way to go about things. Like, Hey, I just can't do this on my own. I can't do this all by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were a couple of times when I had to tell, you know, the youth pastor, Hey, you know, I need a break. So mm-hmm. for a month or so, I'm going to take a step back. My assistant will take, take care of it for now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then well, I had to tell my pastor where I was a worship worship pastor not paid but like in the philippines Mm -hmm. uh, as part of my program that i needed a break for a month and so i stepped back Mm. Um, that's so it's like so it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of um aware like self-awareness to realize that yeah and it's really i don't know it just makes me really happy Mm. really happy that's why that's why we take a month of break from recording because i really want to avoid that for everyone so Mm, amen it's the month of jubilee (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh man it's okay yeah 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 man Uh, um yeah so we've said all these things not to tear the church down are you sure i'm joking i'm joking i hope not (laughs) wink wink Uh, wink. (laughs) not to to tear the church down Uh, we've said these things not to criticize the church but to just highlight that the church there's a lot of things that the church doesn't talk about and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that the church does doesn't even touch and it's really important to get in those nitty gritty topics and talk about everything when it comes mm-hmm. to life, faith and culture, because yeah. everything, everything that has to do with this life, the church needs to address. It's not just that is true. theological discussions. It's not just doctrines. It's not just predestination. Um, yeah, those things are great, and it's important. It's important to know those things. But what are what are the people going through, and what mm-hmm. what are what are we missing? What are we not talking about? And we just yeah. wanted to challenge our listeners and any leaders that are listening to us to talk about these things and mm-hmm. to really dig deep and try to start up an action plan or like a topic calendar and to just talk about things. And it can be as small as a blog post or a Facebook post, but at least you're starting somewhere. Mm. Um, we say every week, we say, we discuss topics <laughs> normal, normally preached in the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies and, Definitely, there are things that are not designed well, just because of the inherent nature of topics to be preached in a pulpit. We're not saying yeah, that the sure. churches should preach about it. Um, 
in the pulpit. I mean, in the Sundays. I, mean, I guess it's possible, but <laughs> I don't know if it'd be the most beneficial thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and definitely, Bible studies are a whole other. It's a whole other animal where mm-hmm. um, you, it's designed for you to talk about the Bible and the what Bible. the Bible says. But there are a lot of things that your members go through. Um, there are a lot of things that the nor- regular Joes go through that mm. um, that needs to be talked about and um, that mm-hmm. we need to teach from a Christian angle. You know, yeah. Um, every like what I learned, like everyone needs therapy. Like, how do we do that in a Christian setting? Or mm. the enneagram? How can the enneagram help a Christian or burnout? How do you know members, um, leaders in church experience burnout and sort of all of that? Um, yeah, there are definitely a whole plethora of topics that there's so many are things not talked yeah. about that we encourage churches to talk about. And yeah, yeah, it's so true. Cause like you go to if your if your faith is founded in one day of the week where you go to church, then what is your faith really? Because we're all again, like you said, like we're all humans and we go through so many things in this life. And I like I think and I know for a fact that our faith intersects with every single part of our lives and every living waking hour of our lives from the rest of the six days where you're not in church like our faith interacts with everything that we experience our job um the decisions our relationships like it it, 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 it impacts everything so of course that your our churches don't talk about all these things all the time but i know for a fact that god's in in all of it and that's why we are here for you yeah (laughs) exactly that's why we came up with this podcast so we can talk about all these things and also trash the church joking we are here to love the church the church is jesus's bride and we are here to love it we love the church and we love the body of christ and mm-hmm. we love the membership the fellowship that's one thing i miss about covid is just fellowship we love all that. i know oh man but we also want to challenge. There's rooms for the church to yeah. grow, right? There's rooms for the church to grow. And I think that's a really good way to end this topic, this session. And um, yeah, we just want to wish leadership, uh, whoever is listening to this, to just start talking. Or if you're just a regular member, start the ball rolling. You can talk Mm -hmm. to your friend. You can talk with a fellow member. And um, hopefully your church will um, be at a place later down the road to be able to be an open space for discussion about all kinds of topics. Now, we thank you folks for joining us in this episode. Um, We hope that you were enlightened and that you've learned couple things from us and uh, let us know your thoughts yeah send us a shout out at the prodigals project on facebook twitter and instagram if you like what you've been hearing please like and subscribe make sure you leave a review that will go a long way in helping us out that's all we have for you this week stay blessed and stay faithful and stay inquisitive stay curious 
and join us again next week on the Prodigals Podcast. The Prodigals.